1: Co-worker of yours.
2: What's going on, Wisconsin? It is the Bill Michaels Show, a Friday edition. It is finally Friday. That's a good thing. Inching a little bit closer to some FL football and inching a little bit closer to a, a Green Bay Packers matchup in the divisional round of the playoffs. Three more games, and they win the Super Bowl, take it off the sheet. It's Tim Allen in for uh, Bill Michaels today uh, here on Friday. Friday, January eighth, twenty twenty one, a significant date, um, indeed. Uh, Ryan Horvat from our uh, flagship station in Milwaukee, twelve fifty a.m. The Fan. Hey, Ryan. Hey, Tim. What's going on, buddy? Long time <laughs> no talk, man. Yes, I, I, I wanted to get you on real quick because I think uh, some of our uh, audience can relate. Uh, you, you, you just went through something with your son that uh, I think a lot of parents can totally relate to and, and, you, your son had a little bit of a sledding accident and broke his broke his leg? Broke his femur, yeah. I wish he broke his just his leg. I, that, when my wife texted me, because
1: that's what happened, man. She texted me and said, we're in the emergency room. Don't yell at me. I think Nathan <laughs> broke his leg. And I'm thinking, okay, he broke his leg. I broke my foot. I broke my arm. I broke my nose. We all played yep. football. We all played sports. He'll be fine. Then when I found out it was the femur and that he was going to have two screws right.
2: holding his knee, holding his bone together, got a little worried. Oh, man, it's just such a, a, a helpless, futile feeling for, for parents to go through that, isn't it? I mean, it's like you, you want to make it all better, and you press a couple of buttons, and you're all good. It it just doesn't work out that way, does it?
1: Seriously, and it's like you'd rather die than have your kid go through any pain. And you know what I mean? Like like with my kid, I'm always like rub some dirt on it because we play baseball um the first sport we played unfortunately was soccer because it was the only thing that he could play. And sorry Bart, and he you know like the first game though they do the kickoff and the kid boots it hits him right in the face. And I'm like something like that I'm like rub some dirt on it man. You know what I mean like if he falls down and scrapes his yeah. knee rub some dirt on it. An injury like this, man, he was in tears, and then uh, he had to go to the emergency room, and they had to do surgery like 15 hours later. The reason that they didn't do surgery right away is because the swelling was so bad. Sure. They had to wait for that to come down. So when you see him in that kind of pain, I mean, he was shaking in pain, and he's only seven years old. And uh, then you already have to think it's been a really crappy year for kids. I mean, he's been doing uh, all of his learning virtually. He's not even going to school. Baseball got shut down last year, so we couldn't even play baseball. And now it's like, now we got this... Two-month recovery where he can't put any pressure on it. He can't put any weight on his foot. He's in a wheelchair. Then he goes to a walker. You got to remember, he's seven years old. Uh, He can't even use the bathroom. We have to carry him around. We have uh, two appointments every single week with doctors. Um, Luckily, the surgery did go well. So then we could start PT finally uh, in two months. But he can't stand until then. So it was... It was tough man as a parent because again like guys like us Tim I mean I am pretty reckless with my body the stuff that I've put my body through the last 20 years the uh, stuff through you college put into your body still yeah. to this day yes you know the alcohol and things like that you know and I've had broken bones and when it's you like you're like whatever man I'll be fine you know and even if I pass you know I've had I've had a good run here if I die I die like Ivan Drago once said but when it's your kid man Right, you would do anything right. to take that pain away, and, and you can't do anything. That was the toughest yeah. part is I'm just sitting there in the hospital like, man, there's nothing I could do. I mean, we can all relate.
2: And that's why I wanted to just make mention um, we can all relate, and I, I wish you the best. Because I hadn't heard you on the local station for a while, and I had to find out just what the hell was going on. And uh, we feel for you. Parents, unite together. Thanks, and man. And we'll, uh, we'll wish you the best. All Appreciate right? it. Have all a good right, show. Ryan Horvath, uh, our morning guy, uh, one of, with uh, Bart Winkler, 1250 AM The Fan, uh, in Milwaukee. Uh, on the show today, we do have, by the way, Evan Heffelfinger. It is his real name, and Sam Schmitz is here. No Joe Zenzola, no Bill Michaels. <clears throat> I hope you don't mind. We'll hang out for the rest of the day today. Uh, coming up on the show today, 1035, uh, Kevin Holden, our good friend from CBS 58, has hosted this show before. Uh, 11.35, Chris Rabon, a senior editor for the Action Network, will join us. And you talk about some action going on. There is a lot of action going on over this uh, super wild card weekend. Uh, Eric Baranchek, Green Bay Press-Gazette and PackersNews.com will join us on the show today. And then uh, I'm really looking forward to this, our conversation with Mike Clemens as he prepares you know, what, eight or so days out of the Packers' divisional round uh, of the uh, NFL playoffs. So all that coming up on the show. Also, we're going to hear from uh, Coach Lafleur as well as Aaron Rodgers. And uh, we'll talk about some money, as always. You get a show with me. We're going to talk some money. And uh, Sam, I will uh, make mention to you, you've worked with me on the Fantasy Football Show in Milwaukee over the years, a time or two. Uh, Same with Evan. I want to make mention of uh, weird fantasy football leagues that are still going. Like the regular season goes to the regular season, then the playoffs and the Super Bowl are actually the NFL playoffs and Super Bowl, Sam.
4: Yeah, I mean, the whole Week 17 playoff thing, I never understand. I mean, they should
2: end at 16. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Because you like, have things like last week, where all of a sudden he, you know, Steelers yeah. arresting Ben Roethlisberger, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know. I never get it. We'll talk
2: about that. I'm um, looking forward to that conversation as well, because there's other people in that same situation, um, and we will get to uh, we will get to some Packers conversation as well, and uh, news and notes. And we start this out. We'll get a couple in before the break. Some news and notes, and and uh, you know, having that conversation yesterday on this show. I, I know that there's some inner machination of, uh, you know, broadcasters that well, we oftentimes will rip on each other. And I, I just wonder if that's if that's what's going on with my news and notes. Because everyone, you know, I walk down the hall or, you know, people talk to me and, and they say, hey, can't wait for news and notes. You're filling in for Bill today, huh? News and notes. <laughs> I, I don't know what they mean by that. But honestly, I don't care. So here you go. We'll start out with some uh, news and notes here. Milwaukee Bucks back in action tonight over, or I should say against the Utah Jazz. Uh, Bucks are 5-3 and three after their fourth. They are after their fourth consecutive victory. 7 o'clock tip against the Utah Jazz tonight. Connaughton not going to play inactive for that game. Basketball, Badgers basketball. They get a victory over Indiana uh, in double overtime. 87-73, Trice uh, had 21 as the Badgers go to 10-2 and two overall, 4-1 and one in the Big Ten. Brewers with some moves. We're going to talk a little Brewers baseball. I didn't get a chance to get to it yesterday, but we will get to it today. The Brewers do make a signing yesterday, Pablo Reyes. Uh, he originally was an international sign in 2012 by the Pittsburgh Pirates out of the Dominican Republic. 2018, made his Major League debut. Uh, he does play all three outfield spots as well as second, third, and short. He's got two minor league options remaining. So all of that bodes well well for some depth, some versatility, and he's young enough at uh, 26 or so to, uh, to maybe make a difference in the next couple of years. We'll see. Someone's got to play these positions in terms of depth. I think the starting... Uh, lineup is, is pretty much okay, but someone's got to have some depth here, and there's going to be some surprises here. Uh, Brewers uh, relatively quiet over the offseason. Just to recap those in this News and Notes segment. So far, the Corey Canable trade, probably the biggest move. They traded Corey to the uh, L.A. Dodgers for a left-handed pitcher, Leo Crawford. Uh, they signed a catcher, Luke Mayle. Got a little bit of major league experience, although I think they're sitting good at catcher with Narvaez and Pena. They also signed four other players to minor league deals. Uh, outfielders Dylan Cousins, Dustin Peterson, uh, first baseman Zach Green, and left-hander uh, Nilner. So uh, they've made some moves, and I say that with a wry smile on. Uh, we'll, we'll talk more Brewers baseball a little bit later on. Uh, This is cool. Memphis quarterback, Brady White. Now, yeah, not a household name. He's not going to step up and grab the Heisman. He has received an award this year, often referred to as the academic Heisman. It's the William B. Campbell Trophy. 28 wins in his Memphis career. Uh, they were 8-3 and three this year. He's the all-time Memph- uh, Memphis passing leader. All of this while pursuing a doctoral degree. He started at Arizona State, where he earned a business degree in three and a half years. And then he was a grand transfer, whatever that is, I don't know what that is, to Memphis. He earned his master's in sports administration in just over a year, and now working toward that Ph.D. That is cool. His name is Brady White. They don't, they don't get, see, this is the, the, the part of um, you know the media, if you will. That just always focuses on the the negative or the controversial. But that that's pretty cool stuff for Brady White. Old guy quarterbacks over the weekend. It's the first time five quarterbacks are going to be playing in the postseason um, that are, well, over the age of 37, 37 or older. You know who they are. Tom Brady, 43. Drew Brees, 41 years old. Philip Rivers, 39, Big Ben is 38, and our own Aaron Rodgers, the youngster there, at 37. But five of them, first time ever starting uh, in a postseason in the same year. Uh, we will get into uh, a wild card situation. I, I mean, I think you guys know the matchups, but we'll break those down for you coming up in just a little bit. This is interesting, and I don't think we're going to have—Sam, Evan, I don't know if we're going to have time to devote uh, a ton to this story, but did you see the Garrett Cole story, Sam? I'll start with you. Did you see the Garrett Cole thing? I have not, surprisingly. Okay, so this is the deeper dive where news and notes can uncover things like this. We have— a clubhouse attendant for the uh, Los Angeles Angels that was fired. And why was he fired? Because he was providing substances to, and not PEDs, ball substances to pitchers, allegedly. So he was let go from the Angels. He's pissed. He says, no way, man. I, you know, I, I'm going to take someone else down with me. He uh, unleashes a text that Garrett Cole Texted him. Garrett Cole uh, uh, allegedly texted this to a fired clubhouse attendant in L.A. Then it read exactly this. It started out with, I don't, I don't want to give the clubhouse attendant's name, but this is what the text from Cole said. Hey, Bubba, it's Garrett Cole. I was wondering if you could help me out with this sticky situation. Winky face emoji. We don't see you until May, but we have some road games in April that are in cold-weather places. The stuff I had last year seizes up when it gets cold. <clears throat> Sam, you're a big baseball guy.
4: Yeah, and I do remember this year in the playoffs that there was uh, – I don't know if it was the wild-card round that, there, the Yan- that the Yankees were in that Cole was pitching, but you could obviously like see something on the top of his cap that – you know, it was like, looked like pine tar or whatever, but I'm not, this isn't the first time I've heard him using, uh, substances, I guess.
2: They are illegal in the game of baseball and with today's society being, you, you need to be on, on the, uh, square, on the square deal, the straight and narrow, you need to do what's, what's legitimate and you need to do what is within the rules and we're doing this? No wonder he just signed a gazillion dollar contract. <laughs> because allegedly, apparently, he's cheating. Now the other side says, uh, hate to get controversial on you, but the other side does say that, well, you know, we we look we, we we just let it fly a little bit. We just let it go a little bit because it's for the safety of our hitters. Yeah. More news and notes on the way, including uh, a breakdown a little bit of this wild card weekend. What do you got going this weekend, also? uh, As you know, we're putting a little bit of a dent in January and getting through this thing. Tim Allen in on today's edition, a Friday edition of the Bill Michaels show.
3: Everywhere in Wisconsin, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network.
2: Yeah, welcome back. A Friday edition of the Bill Michaels Show. Tim, in today, there's uh, Evan Heffelfinger, Sam Schmitz, and we're going to have some fun today uh, throughout the day, talk some football, some baseball, and uh, we'll continue with our news and notes, just getting you up to speed in the world of sports as you head into the weekend. Weekend, um, the weekends are becoming more and more valuable, I think. (laughs) They've always been valuable, but... Now for sure you got to carve out time because all these NFL games just mean that much more. And, and certainly we're all waiting uh, to see who the Packers could face in the divisional round. So we'll have our eyes on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game against Washington, and we will have our eyes on that uh, Chicago Bears game as well. Speaking of football, um, I know the Green Bay Packers are letting fans into the stands, and this is huge and great news. Now, I've been squawking about this for a few months. These fans should be, be allowed in there. This is, a, this is a huge, huge stadium. These places are huge arenas. It's the epitome of social distancing. Put a group up there. Put a group up there. Put a group down there. Put a group over there. What did I start with? 3,000? Um, I think I made mention of that a few months ago. Let's get three thousand, even if it's down to three thousand. Well, the Green Bay Packers allowing six thousand. There's some details as to how, how you get in and and who's first and the whole deal. But that is that is great news. I mean, we talk about getting better and being optimistic. This that's it. That's that's part of it right there. Vaccination. That's that's a hu- obviously the huge part of it. But this is, this is a step in the right direction. 2021 going to be. Uh, certainly, a better year now. Buffalo, on the other hand, I you know uh, the state of New York is like a trip to Hollywood. It's very, it's very California-like in my book. That it just seems chaotic, doesn't it? Those two states. There's other states too, but Buffalo Bills fans required to take a test before their playoff game over the weekend. Now. I'm not so sure I like this. I'm all about being safe. But you can separate inside that huge stadium. Now you have to show me your papers. Um, <laughs> I, I just, I don't know if I'm a big fan of that. I, I'm, I'm really not going to get into it too much, but uh, certainly err on the side of safety and I'll default to that. How about that? All right, um, in that game, by the way, more news and notes, Stephon Diggs and Cole Beasley, both questionable for that game, although I was reading some quotes on Stephon Diggs that uh, he'll be fine. He says, ah, I'll be fine. Don't don't always uh, believe what you read. Mike Evans in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is listed as a game-time decision. That's one of the weapons for Tampa and uh, Tom Brady. As uh, you start to see that offense evolve, now they've been playing a, a few patsies uh, the last, I guess, uh, you know, two, three, four games. But nonetheless, getting things together offensively with the weaponry, you go three wide um, with A. B. Godwin and Mike Evans if he can go. As as it as I said, he's listed as a game time decision. Then Gronkowski in the middle, Ronald Jones and Fournette uh, in the backfield, at least offensively. Uh, they have a lot of potential. Defensively, they've been known to step up, too. Their defense isn't that bad. Been a little bit of a roller coaster for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, defense. Uh, Francisco Lindor, this broke yesterday, uh, traded to the New York Mets. And once you know it, it, it just seems and, – and more baseball stuff here. And and I, I, I guess I'm uh, griping a little bit about being small market. But doesn't it seem like – Organizations like the Dodgers and Mets just have an endless supply of prospects <laughs> so they can they can make trades like this. Just an endless supply. Machado a few years ago goes to the Dodgers. Yes, certainly a a, a rental, which is what it turned out to be. But I mean, the, the Mets get Lindor and Car- uh, Carlos Carrasco. For Andres Jimenez, a 22-year-old shortstop, along with a couple of more prospects, and they would go to Cleveland. Sam, you're, again, a baseball guy. Does it not seem to you, I, and, you know, there's, there's nothing really, no analysis or data to base this, this comment on, but doesn't it just sort of
4: seem like these big market teams have an endless supply of prospects? I think what it is more so is their, you know, endless supply of international pool and all that of prospects that really like keeps on refreshing their, you know, farm system and all that. But I mean, it's just insane because this is the same team that just a few years ago traded Jared Kelnick for Robinson Cano and Edwin Diaz and all that. And, yeah, and
2: Cano blew up on him. Right.
4: Yeah. I mean, he's still with the team, but no, they got, a, they got a weird squad yet deep squad at the same time. Yeah, it's just it just seems like they got a whole bunch
2: maybe maybe we need to make sure everyone's working with the same amount of money. Maybe maybe just maybe, that would uh, level the playing field, make it a fair game on the field when everyone has to work with the same resources. Imagine that a game. Imagine that a game on the field. A game is a game, and everyone uses the same resources. It's like, you guys play fantasy football, right? You don't get five additional roster spots. I don't know, just saying. Maybe I do sound like I'm griping a small market fan. Um, New Orleans Saints, uh, Alvin Kamara is eligible to play on Sunday and is practicing virtually. He's doing some mental practicing, according to uh, head coach Sean Payton. Um, And he is eligible to come off that COVID list as of Sunday. I would be shocked if he doesn't play. It looks like he's going to go, how effective he will be without you know being on the field for walkthroughs and sessions. I, I'm not sure. But nonetheless, um, he is essentially practicing uh, virtually. By the way, uh, Sean Payton designated him. This is really a, a, a very concrete determination on the injury report. He designated him as we'll see. <laughs> okay, so he's in the... We'll see category Uh, NCAA basketball tournament protocols are out. It's going to require all tier one travel party participants, which includes student athletes, coaches, trainers, physical therapists, medical and equipment staff, as well as officials to have seven consecutive negative tests before getting to Indianapolis, which is the bubble, Uh, basically the bubble, the state of Indiana is going to host the NCAA tournament. Then they will go through daily testing on the day of arrival as well as throughout the tournament. Seven negative tests prior to getting to the location. Uh, Pittsburgh-Cleveland Sunday night matchup. We talked about fans in the stands. Only friends and family allowed in Pittsburgh for that uh, Sunday night game. And uh, I'll end with the Packers. Good news. Fans are allowed at Lambeau to see... Packers postseason playoff football, and that is is great news. We'll talk more about that with Kevin Holden. CBS 58, as he will join us uh, next year. There's Evan. There's Sam. My name is Tim. You're listening to The Bill Michaels Show.
3: Wisconsin-wide. The Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network.
2: And welcome back, Wisconsin. It is the Bill Michaels Show. Thanks for listening, wherever you may be in this great state of Wisconsin. It is uh, getting a little bit closer to some Green Bay Packer real deal football on a journey to uh, win this year's title. I uh, and, and those of you that tuned in yesterday, you know where I'm at with that. Uh, I don't need to reiterate that, but let's find out one of the objective sources in the world of sports. He's been in this chair right here hosting this show. Kevin Holden, CBS 58, joins us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Kevin, happy belated holidays to you, and how are you, buddy? We haven't chatted in a while.
0: It's been a while, Timmy. It's good to talk to you, man. It's 2021, and uh, I'm I'm going after some of my dreams this year. And, and it's funny because one of the things I'm doing in this exact moment I have come into a batch of 1962 Topps baseball cards, trading cards. And a baby nice. I'm sorting some of these old classics out. This thing called. This thing's awesome, man.
2: Now, now are these your cards or did you run across them and you just you grabbed them or or what?
0: Yeah, no, these are these are mine. I've uh I you know, I I sometimes if I'm up late at night and I'm I'm perusing, you know, uh Online auctions and things like that. And uh, yeah, I ran into a group. So I, I think I'm going to make a run at a a complete set. I, this, this is the optimism part. This is the part before you start trying to get the, you know, the real expensive cards, the Mickey Mantles of the world. Well, I'm dealing with these uh, commons. I'm still, I'm still financially in this game.
2: You know it 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 really is uh near and dear to my heart the whole baseball and football card thing um it really is and and I've chatted about this many many times over the years the the, the one thing I am disappointed about Kevin is that I went to get some of these cards graded and because the the higher end, you want to get them graded because then, obviously, uh, ultimately, when you sell them, it's, it's going to be verified and they're graded and you get a, a bigger dollar for them. I didn't understand. I just thought you sent in, well, I want 10 cards graded. Boom, 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 boom. You get it done. Uh-uh. That's not the way it works. You, you go to these companies and you have to pay based on the card's value to get it graded. So, I mean, if you if you're going to get a Jeff Jenkins card graded, well, it's going to cost you this, but if you're getting a Mickey Mantle card graded, then it's really going to cost you. That, to me, is the disappointing part of this.
0: Yeah, the the, the idea of, because it goes back to when, when we were kids, and the idea was you would open up that pack of cards in the store, and the idea is you you were looking for the gem. You were hunting for, you know, the whatever the, the hot player or hot card or your right. favorite player, and, and you got the reward from that. And yeah, it's, it's uh it's a little too slick business for someone to say oh congratulations you you struck gold now give me 20% of it yeah it's a little weird right
2: yeah it's it's crazy i still remember the the first day that i fell in love with baseball card collecting I, i'll never forget it the first day it was a little corner called it the uh penny candy store and uh and I'd walk over there and and buy my cards and and once I got this George Scott Brewer's card, I'm not kidding you, it was it's the like it's a '73 I believe sideways card where he was stretching at first a little bit. Yeah. I just was like, man, right? And he, it was the first card. Like, you open up the flap, take the take the gum away, and there was George Scott. I mean, sideways? No, let a brewer card was a sideways card. You got to be kidding me! I fell in love right, right then and there, it, <laughs> and I haven't stopped it. since.
0: It's amazing. Right. Like and it, and what it does to you and, and the beginning of what it does for me, it was a it was a Phil Negro sideways card called a super veteran card. And Phil Negro had been around long enough that the picture on the left was in black and white. And I loved that. I thought that was great.
2: <laughs> I just passed away, Phil Negro, the uh, knuckleballer. Rest his soul. Bob Uecker had a uh, great comment about, and he used to catch Phil Negro. Uh, had a great comment about how what's the best way to catch a knuckleball? And Ueck just says, "Well, you let him throw it, and you wait till it stops rolling and pick it up." <laughs> classic. Absolutely it is classic. Yeah, it's amazing. Kevin Holden, CBS fifty-eight in Milwaukee. Our guest here, Snyder Orange Hotline on the Bill Michael show. Okay, let's get to let's get to uh Green Bay Packers and and they're awaiting their opponent, Kevin. And and again, I guess the big question would be, and we don't have the power enough to determine the uh the the opponent here. But just on, on, on your mindset, what would be, number one, the biggest challenge? And and conversely, what would be maybe a smoother ride to get that first victory in the divisional round?
0: I think, uh, actually, I, I think a big challenge, and this goes against decades of knowledge that we have in Wisconsin, I think Tampa Bay would be an extremely difficult challenge. And there were many, many years where, Uh, The Buccaneers had never won a game below a certain temperature. It was everybody's favorite stat when when the Buccaneers came to Lambeau Field. Uh, But this is not your typical Buccaneers team. For one, they're very successful. And for two, they have two guys, not just one, but two, who have won plenty of games in cold and snow through the years in Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski. And that combination is especially dangerous in the playoffs because they know how to win in the postseason. They've done it plenty of times. So I I don't think I would want to see Tampa Bay in the first week. I still think the Packers are a better team, uh, but that would be the the toughest one of their potential matchups. The easiest one because they just played them and just played well against them would be the Bears because – Well, that's that rivalry's gone very much Green Bay's way in the last decade or so, or really the last few decades. So I'd I'd say Buccaneers at the top, Bears at the bottom, but I also think the the Packers are headed to the NFC Championship game no matter who they play. I think they're uh, far and above the class of the NFC right now.
2: I've been pretty impressed here this year, and, and rightly so, I think, for everybody to be impressed with the offensive line work. With... You know the the musical chairs and the uh, you know rotating parts and pieces that they've had in there. Wagner bouncing around, Elkton Jenkins bouncing around. Lindsley was out. I mean, now you got the big challenge on the left side. I, you know, I think Aaron Rodgers has a way of motivating just about everybody around him. But that offensive line as a whole, I don't know uh, to what degree Rodgers had an effect on them. But they really protect him. I think over the years, that's that's been well-documented, but you have to be impressed with that O-line this year, Kevin, huh? Oh, man,
0: no doubt about it. Because you normally, I mean, we, we were all in that shell shock, as, as Rogers called it, that grieving phase when Bakhtiari uh, was injured when, when he was knocked out for the year. But there are years when that's pocket-in time. There are years when it's like, okay, well, like the, the one that comes to mind is there was a night in Atlanta a few years ago where the Packers went down to play them and they had both tackles out. And it was as if they took the field and said, we're going to play four quarters, we're going to not get hurt, we're going to get back on the plane. And that's what we're doing tonight. And and that mentality happens when you lose someone of that caliber, but the Packers went out and beat the Bears anyway. They found the combination that works. And as you say, it's not just one guy replacing one guy. It's about Rick Wagner. It's about, uh, you know, just this, this – combination is elton jenkins uh versatility where he's gone to center and he's gone to tackle he's gone all over the place i mean this group is is super impressive and as much as we talk about rogers and adams and aaron jones and how all three are elite they are where they are uh in some form because of what the line has done this year i mean this offensive unit doesn't get 2011 pub but they are 2011 talented
2: no doubt, final thing for you, uh, they announced that uh, fans will be allowed in, and I, I think that's just just wonderful news. It, it is for many, many reasons. I think more so than just sports, I, I think it's an advancement of what we've gone through, and it's an advancement of trying to get out of this thing. I love it. I know other teams have had fans throughout the uh, season this year in in some degree, but uh, your thoughts on, on – Green Bay fans getting uh, getting the opportunity to head into Lambeau.
0: I love it, and, and but I, I agree with you that it's there's it a light at the end of the tunnel here, and and it is out there. This is just a, a step to it, and and I don't know if it, if that end of the tunnel is three months or nine months or a year or if it'll ever be exactly the same as it was before. I don't know, but uh, the fact that, that that there will be people at Lambeau Field rooting on the Packers in January in a playoff game makes me feel like other years. It makes me think about other years. And yeah, 6,000 is not going to be the same as, you know, 80,000 plus. You're not going to hear that same level of noise. Of course, I don't make noise, but it's just so, it's been, it's been so much of a waiting game during the pandemic to hope that normalcy would come to try your best to replicate normalcy in some form. That when you can turn on your television next weekend and see that in January, probably in a snowstorm, uh, it's, it's, it's going to feel good. It's going to make me want, uh, you know, a brat and, uh, you know, if I'm working no beer, but if I'm not, you know, if, if something else was happening, if I'm watching other teams play a playoff game, maybe I'll crack open a, an adult
2: beverage. Yeah, no doubt. And it's also a good indicator that hey, American Family Field is uh, hopefully going to allow the same thing coming up in just a couple of months uh right there for the Milwaukee Brewers. So uh all, all good news there. Kevin, always a pleasure talking with you. Have fun with the 62 tops. Let me know if there's a card or two that you're missing, a a Rocky Colavito card or something, you know, let me know. <laughs>
0: Yeah, there's, there's a lot of little tough cards in this set. So, yeah, you'll, you'll probably hear me uh, complain, not complain, you'll hear me talk loudly on social media about trying to find <laughs> a few of these, I'm sure.
2: Kevin, uh, good luck. We'll talk soon. There he is, uh, Kevin Holden, CBS 58 in Milwaukee, also has been in this chair hosting this exact show, and he joined me here on the Schneider Orange Hotline, Evan.
0: Schneider hiring drivers right now. You work hard, they treat you fair. For 80-plus years, they've been getting it done. Call them at 844-PRIDE or go to schneiderjobs.com.
2: Is fantasy football over or not? We know you can play daily fantasy, but the season's still going. I'll explain next here on the Bill Michaels Show.
3: You're listening to the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Now, a green and gold update. Brought to you by Concordia University, Wisconsin, Veterans Services Department. Learn how to use your military benefits at cuw.edu slash veterans. In Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens.
0: There'll be some fans in the stands for the Packers' divisional playoff game next weekend. The team says 6,000 seats for season ticket holders will go on sale next Tuesday. The players have had some light workouts and meetings. Packers offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett Interviewed for the Falcons' head coaching job, Hackett was asked, "With the Packers' recent success, is he surprised more front office people are being considered by
4: other teams?"
2: Um, I mean, there's so many things that go into that. Um, I, I think that you know, if, if those things happen uh, for people, we'll, we'll be so excited for, for anybody and everybody. But I mean, right now that that's for after the season. You know, we're just in the mindset we just we just want to get ready for the playoffs.
0: And it's been 10 years since Aaron Rodgers won a Super Bowl. How much would a second Lombardi Trophy mean to his legacy?
4: Obviously, I'd love to win one. It's been long time. Only a few of us who's actually uh, were there for that moment. So it'd be nice for all of us to get back. The Super Bowl is obviously a big part of the way
2: that quarterbacks are judged and teams in general are judged, but it has always and it will always take a team to do it. And hopefully, this is the team to do it this year.
0: That's Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers. In Green Bay, I'm Mike Clemens.
2: Between innings, Tommy—he's out there as a Philly fanatic as a stuffed mannequin of a Dodger, and Tommy trying to get that fanatic close. You see the physique of the <laughs> of the mannequin. Tommy's a little bit hot, I think, as he's going to move that over and now. Let him go. Now he. Can't. <laughs> <laughs> he said, you don't make fun of me or my ball club. <laughs> yeah, some of the antics of Tommy Lasorda. Welcome back. It's the Bill Michaels Show, a Friday edition. And you know, I've been doing this uh, you now 33, 32, 33, maybe more years of uh, broadcasting. It's, it's really the one of the only things I dislike about this job. Is, is reporting uh, the news that just came out uh, about a minute ago, maybe two minutes ago. Uh, MLB is tweeting out and reporting that uh, Tommy Lasorda has passed away. And, and again, um, 93 years old, one of the icons of modern-day baseball in my book. So, unfortunate that, you know, occasionally I have to present that first news to people. I, it's just, it's Sam, uh, again, we just learned the news together, and it it just sucks that, that this is uh, – we have to convey that message to a whole hell of a lot of sports fans and a lot of people that respected and admired Tommy Lasorda, but he has passed away at 93.
4: Yeah, it's just really unfortunate because we've lost – I mean, 2020 alone, we lost so many famous sports figures, let alone you know, famous Wisconsin sports figures. Now this one just hits because – you know, I I'm only twenty four years old, but even I knew who like Tommy La was growing up. He's just a staple of, you know, baseball the way he managed. He's he certainly was um
2: sort of that visual icon of baseball. You just always knew Tommy uh as uh well as a dude who liked to eat. And he's a <laughs> he he definitely made that uh v- very apparent uh in a lot of his conversations but visually you just always that blue dodger just that you just envisioned dodgers baseball with with Tommy Lasorda that's what you did and and uh we lost a, a, another good one here with with Tommy Lasorda that is that is uh that is for sure and you're right uh that you know 2020 i don't know if it was the the vibe of the times in 2020 but didn't it seem like there was there were more sports figures that that passed away in 2020 of note I mean we're always every year there's there's a death rate uh for n- numerous maladies or accidents we, we we'll, we're aware of that But did it not seem to you, Sam, that the names were just more recognized and prevalent that we lost in 20?
4: Yeah, I mean, you think about, you know, guys like Paul Horning, um, you know, all these guys. But I feel like there was like, you know, eight or nine like Hall of Fame Packers that, you know, passed away, let alone this past year alone. It. Yeah. And and, and again,
2: I. I it's, again one of the things that I don't like uh so now you know the news you you got it uh along with uh with us virtually at the uh, same time Tommy Lasorda uh dies at 93. We'll miss him in the world of baseball certainly uh, Dodger nation uh will miss him as well. Uh we have Aaron Rodgers coming up at the uh, top of the hour here. Stick around for that. Also, I did if I can find the list, oh boy, oh boy, I don't, I don't know where I put it. Let me, let me try and find it. I did compile a list of those figures that we lost, and it's pretty extensive. We may get to that on on today's show too. Not to be morbid about things, but just to pay honor to what uh, and who we have lost here in uh, the past year or so. All right, you're listening to the Bill Michaels Show. It's a Friday edition. Aaron Rodgers spoke yesterday. Some really interesting things. Came out of that dude's mouth once again. It is Friday edition, the weekend upon us here. Thanks for listening, Wisconsin, to The Bill Michaels Show.
3: Talk Network.
0: How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam
2: like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today.